you, EBO? He is a former chief domestic economic and senior advisor at the White House Council of Economic Advisors. He is here to talk about the GDP report and inflation and Biden's uh, policies. Welcome, Aaron Headland, to make sense of it all as if that's possible. Hi, Aaron. Hey there. Great to join you. Yeah. Thanks for having, thanks for being here because what's going on right now? They keep talking in the national news outlets about Things are doing better than we even imagined. Look how great Bidenomics is. Meanwhile, we can't afford dog food, and we're all going, what are they talking about? Exactly. There's this massive disconnect between the mainstream media that's sort of perplexed. Why aren't people super happy about the Biden economy? The answer is quite simple. If you look at people's purchasing power, their income after you adjust for inflation, it's down several thousand dollars in 2019. It fell by 4000 from 2019 to 2022, and kind of purchasing power growth in 2023 was less than 1%. So that's really why people aren't happy. And I need people to understand what a GDP means. A lot of, a, a lot of times we hear that, and a lot of people don't know gross domestic product. They don't know what that means pertaining to them. They, they don't get what that means. So explain it to them like they're eight, because they need to understand. Sure, absolutely. So GDP, as you pointed out, is gross domestic product, and it's essentially the value of all goods and services produced in the United States. But the important thing is that includes both private sector and public sector. So whenever businesses are producing things, that goes into GDP. That's obviously great. Uh, but if the government spends a dollar on something then the way the calculations are done, that automatically counts as a dollar towards GDP, too. So generally speaking, you know, more GDP, it means more prosperity for people, but it kind of depends where that comes from. And what we've been seeing over the past couple of years is that actual incomes that people have to spend on things that their family needs, once you adjust for inflation, are actually down. Which is still seriously confusing. But what people need to know is if your paycheck isn't going as far as it used to and you've gotten a raise, something's going wrong with the spending in Washington. Absolutely. I mean, inflation, basically prices have gone up by 18% overall since 2021. Some things faster than that, some things slower, but the overall thing is about 18%. Paychecks have gone up by 14 to 15%. So there's a gap there. People's pay has not kept up. That's why they can't get as far. And this inflation did not emerge out of nowhere. It did not emerge because of Vladimir Putin. It did not emerge because of, quote-unquote, greedy corporations. It emerged because Washington, D.C. has been on a total spending spree, unlike anything we have seen in our lifetimes. And that fueled 40-year high inflation. It's a complete policy failure. Well, and when you listen to to what some of them say, they just say print more money. I mean, they they don't understand the value of the gold and the silver backing up the money that we're printing because it becomes more and more useless and devalued the more they print and the less they have to back it up. And people don't understand that either. Right. And an easy way to think about inflation is it's too much paper, too much paper money chasing too few goods. And what we've seen over the past few years is a lot of money flooding into the economy. But that's just paper. That's not real wealth. Real wealth is the stuff we can buy with it. That paper floods into the economy at the same time that policies have held back the potential of the economy. They've, for example, discouraged work, actively paid people more to not work than to work for, for a period of time there, and actively throttled back our energy. So we're not producing as much energy as we could be. Mm-hmm. So when the economy is not producing as much, and yet there's a lot of money flowing in, that's when you get prices going up. Right. And, and we're there, and we know that we need to have 
more fuel and and more opportunities for us went to get us on the right track when it comes to just powering our our own country but this administration is hell-bent on making that even harder so i don't see this getting any better anytime soon i agree i mean the, the one saving grace we have had over the past year plus is that there's divided government so we don't have new dramatically massive spending bills coming through because so it's kind of getting stopped but what we really need is to go totally the opposite direction unfortunately the progressive left is not interested in prosperity for regular families what they are interested in is an activist agenda. You know, instead of going towards more energy, it's going towards kind of climate activism and more expensive energy bills on purpose to try to move people in the in that direction and, and an anti-work agenda. So, what we need to do is unleash the potential of the American people, and then we can go back to growing incomes and and prices that aren't going up like that. Imagine that. I mean, we're paying thirty thousand dollars more for houses than we would have paid for just last year. You know, I mean, it's it's jumped that quickly. The, the the percentage rates for borrowing are so high. And all of that is a sign of bad things to come. And so people are scared right now. They're afraid to make that move. Some people have to make that move out of desperation where they've been trying to hold off as long as possible. But, I mean, the jig is up. We've, we've got to do what we've got to do. And this is making it so we're putting our lives on the line just to have our basic needs met. Meanwhile, people are flooding across the border, making it more and more difficult to take care of everybody who actually needs it for the people who shouldn't be here. And that's not helping things either. You're absolutely right. I mean, people flooding across the border in such an uncontrolled fashion, is it's an economic crisis for the country, and it's also a humanitarian crisis for the people crossing. Right. Because they're getting exploited and sex trafficking and all sorts of horrible things. Um and, and, yeah, so this is a completely wrong-headed philosophy. It is, it is harming the American public. We need to move in the opposite direction. And I think people are, are learning this. I mean, they, they are seeing the effects in their real life. You don't have to turn on the news to figure out what's going on. People are feeling it whenever they check out at the, at the checkout counter. So what what's going on with the country that there's a chance this guy could get back in, even though he's he's not even really there? I mean, what what's wrong with us that we will elect anybody as long as it's not Trump? Yeah, I think some people get distracted. I mean, because there's a lot of messaging coming out of D.C. right now that's kind of misleading, trying to convince people that the economy is better than it is. It's like, you know, you can believe reality or you, or you can believe the, the, the hype. And you know, the test I always put is turn off your TV and when was your life better? Was your life better from 2017 up until COVID? I mean, COVID got through heaven for a loop, but was your life right. better during that period when incomes went up by $6,000 after inflation? and unemployment was low, and inflation was low, and all that? Or is your life better now, with prices going up and mortgages at 6-plus percent, spending $1,000 more per month on a mortgage if you buy a house compared to a few years ago? I think the answer is clear. Yeah, I think so, too. And I, I think Anthony Fauci owes the world an apology and a gigantic check for what he did to everyone with his recommendations during COVID, because that was ridiculous. But, Aaron, when you were in your advisory role at the White House, what what did they talk about the most? Was it um, not being dependent on foreign entities for for I guess oil and that sort of thing, or or was it more let's stop the border? What 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 was talked about the most when you were there as a strategist? Yeah, so there were really multiple priorities. I mean, the the, the top line objective was how can we increase the economic well being of 
regular America. That, that was the agenda. And the question is, how do we get there? Well, we want a stronger, more independent economy. So what that meant was, on the trade front, you know, trade is great as long as we're not taken advantage of, and there are countries that we're taken advantage of. So we need to take a tough line on that. And we need to have a secure border. Yeah. They, they are continuing to do. We need to have a secure border, and so we're dealing with that. And, of course, we have to double down because it's gotten so much worse even since then. And then also, on the we have government has kind of a stranglehold through the regulations on so many different areas of the economy, and how can we take government out of that so that industry can actually thrive and people can thrive? And then, of course, there's always the, the tax burden. Right? How can we reduce the tax burden on the typical family? So mm-hmm. those are some of the main pillars, but it's all towards increasing prosperity for people. I have a list that is as long as Santa's delivery list of good kids of people who can no longer afford health insurance. Uh, people are being, I guess, charged out of the market, if you will, and forced to go on government health care that really only works for you up until about the age of 29. Then it's kind of take a pill and deal with it. But there are so many aspects of life that are being affected by the way the government is treating us right now that we really feel like the redheaded stepchildren. And unless we are here illegally, we don't we don't get any of those benefits that, that we were promised once we hit a certain age in this country anymore because so much of it is being spent on places it's not meant to and shouldn't go. So with this administration, if they get back in again, what do you foresee is for the future of this country? Well, the agenda can be summarized in two words. It's America first. And you know, people try to distort what that means, but it's pretty clear, right? The people who we elect are supposed to represent us as Americans. They're supposed to look out for our interests first. And and that means projecting strength abroad, but, but we really need to focus here at home. We need to focus on making sure our economy is competitive. We need to make sure that government's not overstepping in the many, many ways that it's doing. And you mentioned health care. Health care is a huge problem, and, that, and that's something that certainly the Republican side hasn't always talked about a lot, but I think the America First agenda is, is very clear on that. We need to make sure that prices are coming down and not up. And that's why just one of the initiatives that was done under the previous administration was health care price transparency. Like hospitals and other providers, like they need to lay it on the line. Like what are the things actually costing up front mm-hmm. so that they face some competition and not monopoly? Well, there's a thing coming in called the wedge, and we've had it on this program where insurance companies are just kind of kicked out of the process where doctors can agree to just work for a certain price and that's it concierge medicine medicine is taken over by leaps and bounds eliminating insurance altogether when it comes to just the little stuff going to the doctor but it's the mass casualty it's it's the major events it's the heart attacks and the cancers that still have people under a bubble because if you don't have health insurance and you get a million dollar bill everything you've ever worked for is gone because you happen to get sick and that's not how America should be. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to thank you for your time today. Um, I know the answer is to not let these people back in again and get things turned around in the way they're supposed to be. But every four years, we have to wring our hands and hope to God somebody's not stupid enough to vote them back in again. Yeah, and all people can do is stay engaged, stay informed, and you know, talk to your neighbors, talk to your friends. You know, it, It's not about partisanship or whatever. It's about how can we advance the country and how can we cut through the baloney we hear and put forward good solutions. Yeah. I know some very well-minded and and thought-provoking Democrats who don't agree with the way the country is going right now. I just wish they'd leave the party and stop voting with them 
just so they can hang on to their jobs. But where do people go, Aaron, if they want to learn more about what you're talking about today? Yes, I'd encourage people to go to AmericaFirstPolicy.com. We talk about policies across every area, from economics to national security to the border to health care to everything. And and I suggest you do go there so you can get a better understanding of it, because Aaron's smarter than I'll ever hope to be, but he can put it out there so that we understand what is exactly going on and how we can turn it around. And we need to listen to what people who want to be elected are saying to see if it falls into that or if it's just same old paradigm, elect me and then I'll just do whatever I want. Aaron Headland is a former chief domestic economist and senior advisor with the White House Council of Economic Advisors. And he's with the American First Policy Institute. Please check him out. Aaron, God bless. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me on. Uh Uh-huh. Bye-bye.